Speaking of reliability, a podcast with good friends talking with you about reliability engineering topics. Welcome to Speaking of Reliability. This is Fred Schenkelberg. And this is Diana Dini. Hi, hey. Fred. Hi, Diana. Um, glad to have you back. Um, we, we haven't talked in a couple of weeks, but uh, I think we, we were just chatting about possible um, uh, topics and so on. And I think we came up with three quick ones, and then we also f- probably have seeded a dozen more. But let's start with some, <laughs> one of them that um, I actually got a question somebody sent in uh, through LinkedIn, which is one of the many ways to get in touch with us. And it was, a, as usual, I don't get a lot of details on the context of the question, but it was basically... Um, I believe it was somebody in the development team, a design engineer, or maybe it was a reliability engineer. I'm not sure. And, and she said, our quality assurance team seems to only want to hold meetings. <laughs> you know, they're, they're killing us with all these meetings, um, but they're not actually helpful in finding solutions to whatever problem they're tracking. They, they seem to want to just track stuff and talk about it and hoping somebody else takes up action items to solve it. And so it seemed a bit of a frustration with understanding that this team is air quotes that I've added to it, you know, is where you add your own italics to what somebody says is they're trying to be helpful, but they don't really know how. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if you run into that before. Or... Yeah. I've heard that complaint from other people about quality pretty frequently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I I think um I think what might be happening is there isn't an understanding of who's responsible for fixing the problem. You know, qual- quality if it's quality assurance, they're looking for problems and I trying to identify where things could be made better. And then it sounds like communicating it to the rest of the team and um yeah, and there seems to be a disconnect there with, well, maybe there's like, well, what do you want me to do about it? Or, um, yeah, I wonder if maybe they just need some more information. But it definitely sounds like some improvement in communication could happen there. Well, yeah. And I remember once I I was working as a, a design for manufacturing engineer. And I walked, I, my primary contact was an electrical engineer. And he just slumped in his chair anytime I'd show up at his desk and I'm like, <laughs> you don't seem happy to see me and he goes no you just bring me problems <laughs> you know why don't you help me solve some of these you know why don't you give me some and I think that was part of it as I learned the hard way that I can't just throw this you know oh we saw this defect here uh here's the symptoms uh here's the prototype that we found it on uh here you go solve it and in the folks I know in quality and quality assurance and yourself included have a lot of skills. They're by and large, the people I've always worked with have been, you know, good engineers in general and can ask good questions, can do failure analysis, can do, you know, they know the process and can do it. Um, So that might be part of that communication thing is, is that instead of having a meeting to, uh, 
catch up on action items and who's done what and who's doing what next. And and you've been in those meetings where they just go down mm-hmm. the list of things and go, all right, any update on this bill? No. Okay, next. It's very demoralizing. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's not helpful. And, and so it, part of it is, like you said, is the quality assurance. Part of their role is to look for defects. And the engineering team, the, de- the development team, there. Somebody else told me this years ago. I was like, "You guys in reliability, you just live and breathe failures. That's all you do. You go around looking for how things could fail." And he goes, "I'm a design engineer. I'm just looking around for ways to make it work. I'm. You're in the negative space. I'm in the positive space, and it's hard to talk across that boundary." And I said, "Hmm, that makes sense. Okay." Well, but there's a place place for both you need need both perspectives if you if you can join both perspectives together you can um, really deliver great results right so what should so what should she do as somebody that's being impacted by this quality assurance team that just wants to hold meetings and do check-ins and kind of things to help them actually help versus just manage which i think is the term i would use for it yeah. Well, let's see. If I if I were her in the meeting and and I I felt like yeah, here's here's another action item for me to do. <laughs> I I guess I would pipe up and ask, can I pair up with somebody from Quality Assurance to help solve this problem? And I think that's uh, something that's totally acceptable to do in one of those meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, because the quality person, they, they could um, help define the problem a little bit more or help do some investigations and even help facilitate a team. Maybe the problem isn't just with the electrical component or on, you know, a manufacturing line. They, mm-hmm. they might have the connections within the company, too, to be able to pull together a more cross-functional team to be able to really get to the root of root of the problem and the root cause of the problem. So I think that's totally acceptable to just go ahead and ask for some assistance for some help. Well, I've seen that used as I've euphemistically call it the mirror tactic. It's all right. You're going to give me an action item. Then you're coming along with me. (laughs) Just the request bounces right back to him. (laughs) It's sort of like that. You you never make a suggestion to solve a problem or do something because then all of a sudden you're assigned with it. Wait a sec. I thought this was brainstorming. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what do you usually mean I where to... I was is if you weren't at the meeting, then you got the action item. Oh yeah. That's, that's <laughs> always a good incentive to show up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so, and I agree with you is that quality assurance folks tend to have uh, skills in, in uh, making observations, running experiments, making measurements, and, and the better folks and I've run across that have the experience, uh, the more senior folks tend to have a broader view than just, say, the electrical engineering. So pulling together cross-functional teams and being facilitators, but using then tools, whether it's failure analysis or design of experiments or bring something to the table that can actually move the, the process of creating a solution forward. And, and I, I agree with you, it's really valuable when it's when it's not just, hey, Bill, you're 
your capacitor fell off again. You need to redesign the the attachment for it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's something too that, you know, during these meetings, if uh, the quality assurance group, they're, you know, going over these problems um, for the technical team that's receiving it, I think it might be helpful too for the technical team to give the quality assurance folks a a receipt (laughs) that, I, I'm hearing that, and I understand that the capacitor is falling off on this, and we've had this issue for a while. Uh, we we might need some help from the quality assurance group to do X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. and to just have an idea and awareness of what that quality group is capable of doing. And sometimes the only way of knowing that is just by sitting down and talking with them or getting more familiar with some of the other projects that they've worked on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it, I mean, there's part of it is the meeting could be to find resources to and talent to go break down this problem and go solve it. Um, I suspect there's also, I mean, and you also mentioned just the, the facilitating cross boundaries, which in some organization mm-hmm. does take a neutral party to go do. Um, but yeah, which quality could be that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then there's, I think there's also um, in those meetings, instead of it, and I've been in a couple of them, and demoralizing is the right word for it, is like, you know, if we spent two minutes just brainstorming, what are the next steps? I'm thinking of, um, oh, there's a couple different time management things, and you, you basically identify what is the next concrete, doable step that moves this project forward or moves this problem closer to a solution instead of saying, all right, you know, Fred, you got this next action. I mean, you got, here's the problem you got to go solve. And I'm like, all right, I don't even know what you're talking about. Where's the data on this? Where's the, you know, where's the background mm-hmm. on this? Where's the, all right, what do we know and don't know? If we spent two minutes discussing this, I might have a pretty good idea what the next step is. Do I need to do an experiment? Do I need to tear down? Do I need a review? Whether it's a quick brainstorm or a quick assessment of the details. And maybe it's just we got to find something that's missing or we need to move certain elements and information and context to somewhere else. Or, you know, what basically is come out of the meeting with, yeah, I've got this assignment, but what is my first next step? And as to make, I think it's a Covey thing or some other time management thing, but, you know, so that you walk out and then you can actually go do something it very clearly. And it's all understood versus go solve world hunger. You know, it's, well, where do I start? Yeah, that is good advice. Now, usually I guess the quality assurance people are the ones that are facilitating the meeting mm-hmm. and you could always uh, talk to them about that. You know, just have a conversation. Hey, these meetings, I would really appreciate if we could take those two to three minutes to just brainstorm or talk more about some of the details so that I can have that next first step when I walk away from the meeting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you can couple it with, well, if the next first, the the next step is really gather more data. uh, Well, then you guys have all the instruments set up looking for this stuff. So how about the next step is yours? And then we'll get together and sort it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and then also, but if you don't have that conversation with that facilitator, if it doesn't happen anyway, I mm-hmm. think you could ask about it. And that could be part of that, that receipt. I hear you're saying the 
capacitors falling off the board again. Mm -hmm. Can you give me more details or information about that? And and you can facilitate your own mini brainstorming session. You, can, you know, keep it to two to three minutes. Right. So that you can get your own first next step. And you can self-advocate for that. I think that would be a good thing. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, you know, one of the things I've run into too, and it might be a whole different topic, is, and I'm sure you've done a brainstorm with some a group of engineers and or no, 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 not a brainstorm, but an FMEA. And the very first topic comes up, oh, capacitors are falling off the board. And you're going to get six different solutions right on the spot <laughs> without any other context, without any, you know, is this one worth working on or not? Is this, you know, one in a million because we're hand soldering these or hand attaching them in our, it's a total mock-up and it's falling off. And then two engineers chime in with competing ideas of how to solve it. Like, and then they spend the next 25 minutes talking about how to solve it. That's also <laughs> yeah. not useful. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. So that's, that's what I guess the kind of information you want to ask during that quality assurance meeting is just to frame the problem so that you can properly identify what the problem is. Yeah. Well, and I've seen some of those meetings where they, they kind of go through the 8D process, you know, here's an issue and we're, we're going to identify it. What do we know and don't know? And, and then kind of go through the steps to do a decent long-term solution as the end result. Yet each step has its own particular uh, outcomes. And, mm -hmm. and I think it's not enough to know, oh, you're moving to stage step four. Okay. Okay. Now what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> I think it could be helpful because there's so many different options. Yeah. And I wonder if the person that wrote in the question, if their company has a, I don't know, a system for doing that, or if, if the uh, engineers are just kind of left to develop their own system or to manage their own mini project in order to solve the problem. Yeah. I, you know, that's a good point. I've seen that a couple of times to, where people really don't want to go to those meetings because they don't need another project on top of everything else and, and very little to no support. Um, but there are, yeah, there are teams that really do just hand it off to one person. All right, you, you just go solve it. And there's a time and a place when that makes sense, but I find it very rare, um, especially the way our products are created these days. Mm -hmm. because I haven't met an electrical engineer yet that doesn't blame software. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything's interconnected and, yeah, exactly. and dependent on each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else could they, I mean, so we've covered a handful of different ways they can approach the, the team that the quality assurance team to facilitate it. I, I think part of it too, is maybe the quality assurance team is, whether it's the organization's culture or it's the way they, that's the way they do things is it seems to me they're missing that, that check step is this process working, right? If they're getting mm -hmm. grudging resistance to, to their meetings and to making progress on solving these things, um, it's a signal to, well, what are we doing that, how can we make improvements? So I, I'm thinking from the other side now is, should they notice that this isn't working or is not as effective as it could be? And, you know, 
take a step back and, and go sort it out. Um, cause I suspect some of our audiences is, is, is managing meetings like this. Yeah. Instead of leaving it to the individual engineer in order to <laughs> figure out, I mean, there are things that they can do They mm-hmm. They don't have to be a victim to right. another department's process. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, but yeah, uh, especially quality folks, um, we're, Thinking of things not working great, how can you make it better, continuous improvement? Um, maybe they just need that different perspective. Yep. I'm not sure that the attendees of the meeting would be the uh, the people to give it to them or not, but probably most definitely not at the meeting, maybe as an aside. Yeah, definitely don't call a meeting to talk about the meetings. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as an aside, you know, over lunch, you know, you know, I've noticed that it's not really working well or how do we, what's the data that we have? Treat it like a black belt program and solve, solve that issue, that process, the larger process, focus on that and improve it. Um, one technique I ran into, and this just dawned on me that I, I ran into this a few years ago, is instead of quality assurance, managing the meeting they pulled the data together and handed it off to the project manager or it was this director of engineering. It was, I saw it in two different cases, but both those people um, had a lot of uh, uh, control over resources and, and what got worked on and what didn't get worked on. And so it was deemed that they needed to be integral in figuring out what do we need to work on in order to be, create a successful project or successful uh, product. Because that's what they did day in and day out, and have them run the meeting. Yeah, then then also if they do that, they may have a broader picture of um, prioritizing the projects mm-hmm. for the most benefit to the company. Right. And, and in some places, it's they. I, I ran into one in, or director that was well. That's micromanaging. I says, well, you are anyway by ignoring it. You know, because now you got 15 different people micromanaging 15 different priorities. And, oh, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that is a good point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, I mean, so we came up with, um, you know, uh, commandeer the meeting and ask for resources uh, or push back. Out. I like the way you phrased it, though, Diana. It was uh, get a receipt, do a, give them a receipt. I'm hearing that, you know, I get this. I understand this part. Um. And, you know, I might need your skills in, in control charting to get, gather more data on this. I might need your skills on metrology to understand how to measure this, you know, or pull back some resources. And then there's, um, you know, talk to them offline, have, and then the other one is the team itself should recognize that their own process isn't as effective as it could be, or hand off the management, the facilitation of the meeting to another group, to somebody that has the the broad view of what needs to be worked on for this good of the project kind of thing. Um, but it, I don't think there's one solution. It's definitely not. No, no, it's a really dependent on company culture. And then, and then the people that you're working with, everybody um, works a little bit differently. What works one day might not work next, the next month, yeah. might not work well <laughs> the next month. So yeah. Yeah, it's just um yeah, it's I guess it's working with other people, right? <laughs> yeah, we get so much more done if we didn't have other people, but 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to say working is is working with other people is it both the best thing and the worst thing about working. <laughs> it's just. Um, oh, I know exactly what you mean. At times, it's frustrating as I'll get out, and other times, it's joyful because you do something that alone none of you could have done. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Um, Oh, okay. So just fix the culture, get along, work well with each other. <laughs> well, that, <that's, laughs> well, but really those next first steps, right, mm-hmm. <laughs> are just to, you know, you can ask more questions and, and do those tips that we, we just talked about, um, managing the process differently and having an aside with your quality assurance group. Yeah. And and some of it also goes back to just basic meeting management. You know, what are we here for? What are the outcomes? How do we know we're successful for this time spent? Um, some of those basics might also be part of the issue. Is like it's not clear what the meeting's for, and so it's there's all kinds of variations of that. Uh, but I'm assuming that that's well. I shouldn't do that. It's I've seen plenty of bad meetings. Well, and especially with those recurring meetings mm-hmm. uh, where you just want to get a status update. And so you, you have the every Tuesday morning at nine o'clock meeting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, those can start to get, uh, you start to lose focus of what you're really there for. And, and everybody just kind of starts going through the motion. So yeah, yeah. it and is good to revisit that once in a while. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so anyway, I... I'm going to have to update my answer back to her is give her a couple more things in to think about pending this episode getting aired. Um, so make, move her along on the process, make some steps. We'll see how it goes. So hopefully like we get some feedback. It's, it's on occasion. Somebody asks the question and we provide an answer and we, we actually create an episode of it. And, and then we hear back. I've only, it's rare. Um, but on occasion I hear back going, that really helped, or, you know, we're struggling with this part or whatever. Um, so if you're listening to this, you know, and hesitant to ask us a question, please do. We, all of us on the show, um, really do enjoy getting questions or, or challenges or comments, stuff like that. We certainly get back to you with what our initial thoughts are. Uh, but it's certainly fodder for this show for us to just chat about it and learn from each other and, and hopefully expand our answers back to you and make it useful, not only for you that asked the question, uh, but for other listeners of the show. So that's uh, why we encourage getting questions all the time. And you can do that over at ascendoreliability.com slash go slash SOR. And there's a form there you can fill out or a speak pipe widget. You can leave a voice message. Um, and you can find, as so many people do, they, you can find us on LinkedIn or on our about pages. There's plenty of ways for you to contact us. So we're going to, uh, yeah, I definitely have to. Thanks so much for chatting through this one with me, Diana, because I know I missed a few key points. So I'll get back to her. No, yeah. It, well, this is a fun one and, and probably pretty common. Yeah, unfortunately, probably too common. We'll we'll work on it one episode at a time. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Baby steps. That's right. All right. Well, thanks so much, Diana. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Fred. Thanks for listening to Speaking of Reliability. We invite you to join the conversation if you have a question or a topic that you think we should discuss in a future show. 
please let us know. You can find a comment box below the episode show notes, or just leave a note as part of a review on iTunes.